Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, a couple things to talk to you about. First, Draft.com, Draft and Draft Store, great way to play fantasy sports. They got the best ball drafts cranking up. They filled up so fast they made new best ball drafts tournaments for everyone to come join. And if you're new to it, check it out. They have the snake style drafts. They have best balls. They have auctions. It's so awesome. You don't have to worry about ownership because you're the only one that owns them. It's that great. So go to Draft.com, Draft in your app store. And if you're new to Draft, use promo code SD Sports. SD is in dog sports. And you'll get a free $3 entry into any tournament of your choice. Best ball, auction, snake style, whatever you want. $3 tournament, your choice by using promo code SD Sports. If you give a rating and review on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. They're changing the way that podcasts are found and rated and ranked. And if you could give some ratings and review, it helps out a ton. Just takes a couple seconds out of your day. It would mean a lot to me. Now to Bench with Bubba, episode 195 with our good buddy Justin Mason from uh, Friends of the Fantasy Benefits, Sleeper in the Bust, recapping the MLB trade deadline and more. Back everybody to another edition of Bench with Bubba, episode one ninety five. Going to recap the trade deadline with some fantasy baseball impact that actually did take place surprisingly. In order to do so, I have a special guest. He's been on the show many times, and you all know who he is. You can find him on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Justin, how we doing, my friend? Wait, I'm not bat flip crazy. <laughs> you might be crazy according to your wife, but bat flip <laughs> might not be the word she puts in front of it. No, I'm, I'm more of a set, set the bat down as I walk around the bases kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not making it. big enough hits to bat, bat flip. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I don't know. Bat flips on my uh, – we've got Monday nights down, but I still have my guest show after that. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good to have uh, have you back on the show, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, I slept through the trade deadline, which is exactly what a fantasy analyst should do. Uh, so I'm coming in – uh, a little bit cold, uh, a little bit kind of with fresh eyes. I haven't been, you know, breaking down these trades uh, for the last, you know, two or three hours. So uh, it should should be uh, it should be a fun show, and it's always a fun trade deadline. Yep, always fun. And uh, don't forget to check out all of Mason's work over at Sleeper on the Buzz, FWFB, all the great stuff that he'll uh, plug away at the end as well. But go check all that out. Let's just get right into it. The one that dropped last night before we get into today's action, um, the Reds, the Indians, and the Padres made quite the splash. And we're not even talking about the fight between the, the Reds and the Pirates. But uh, Yasiel Puig, Fran Mil Reyes, Logan Allen, and another minor leaguer go to the Indians. Let's start with that. What's your thoughts on um, you know some of these guys changing teams? Fran Mill might be available in certain leagues somewhere. Yasiel probably isn't. Logan Allen maybe not an interest. What's your thoughts on those guys going to Cleveland? I think uh, some people are going to downgrade the hitters going to Cleveland because it's not necessarily a great place for right-handed power. 
Uh, I give them a, a bump each. I think one friend Mel dude's power plays anywhere. I mean, he could, uh, he could be playing in the largest stadium known to man and still hit bombs out. And he's just that strong. So I think that one's very similar to when we saw Chris Davis get traded from Milwaukee to Oakland. People are like, Oh, what about the power? What about the power? And I mean, some guys just have real men power and Fran Mill is one of those guys. Uh, so I'm not worried about him. I think it's a nice bump to his value because he gets to play every day, which he wasn't necessarily doing in San Diego in that loaded outfield. Uh, Puig, he may take a little bit of a dip in power moving from Cincinnati to, uh, to, to Cleveland because of the park change. But the nice bump to his value comes from stolen bases. Cleveland is fourth in, in the major leagues in stolen bases. Cincinnati was near kind of the middle of the pack uh, this year in stolen bases. So, I mean, I think we could see him get a nice little uptick in stolen bases rest of the way, which is kind of a stat everybody's looking for at this point. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, the Indians needed outfield help. That's one thing we, we looked at. And, you know, you look at roster resource and their nice pages are now available on Fangrass for those that weren't paying attention. Um, Fran Mill Rays, they have him at DH. They have Puig in right field. They still have Mercado and Taylor Naquin in the outfield with uh, Greg Allen, Jordan Luplo, Jake Bowers on the bench. Now, if you're like a Jake Bowers owner or even one of these other kind of fringy outfields, how concerned are you about platoon times? Are, are, are these guys droppable? Like, how, how are you looking at that situation? I think that situation is going to be fluid probably the rest of the year. Maybe it works itself out because uh, someone gets hot or someone gets hurt. But I think these guys are going to going to be sharing playing time because Carlos Santana isn't losing playing time. I think Fran Mel is going to play every day. Uh, and I think DH is the spot for him. So you've got all these guys kind of fighting for one spot. And, and Lupla is going to get almost all the starts versus lefties. Uh, I'm a bit surprised that all of the none of these guys were traded. I thought maybe we would see Greg Allen or Bowers get moved in a deal. Uh, they're all still on the roster. It, it wouldn't surprise me to see you know maybe Bowers or Allen get set down. For some reason, they have this affinity for Tyler Naquin, which I don't understand because he's not a good hitter and he's an atrocious defender. So, and I mean, it'll become even more uh, kind of convoluted if and when Bradley Zimmer gets back. Uh, so that's the situation I think I want to avoid wholly. Uh, I've never been a Bowers guy. I kind of made fun of a lot of people coming into the season on Bowers, uh, and I stand by my my making fun of. Yeah, I, I, I could see where slightly people were interested in him, but... I'm not there. The biggest one is that I'm kind of bummed out about is I really liked what Tyler Naquin was doing, and uh, I'm with you. I think it's going to be very fluid because they're not taking Puig out. Fran Mill is your DH, barring like a random day off. Like, yeah, it's going to really put a dent in some of those guys. So in the deepest of leagues, you may hang on, but on the, uh, the 12-teamers and whatnot, you're probably saying adios to some of those if you have something else on the wire. Trevor Bauer to the Reds, very intriguing. You obviously weren't going to drop him, but – you know, he's going AL to NL, so it's one of those trade deadline moves. If you're in an NL-only league, it's a big move. And um, any thoughts on the transition to Great American Small Park for a Great American Small Brain? <laughs> this is a really interesting trade. I mean, you, you think maybe they're moving on from Puig because of a, a clubhouse thing? or I, I don't understand how you go from Puig to Bauer and improve your – I mean, I guess you're, you're, you're improving your clubhouse if you're Cleveland because, well – 
but you know, uh, Puig, he can be a knucklehead. He's like, you know, a fan favorite in terms of the teammates and things like that. So, uh, that being said, uh, I mean, Bauer's obviously gonna have some issues with home runs there. He's had issues, uh, you know, kind of off and on this year at keeping the ball in the ballpark. Great American ballpark is a homer haven. Uh, but he's moving from American League to National League, uh, gets to face the pitcher, strikeouts should go up. So whatever he loses in maybe ERA and whip, he should get back in strikeouts. So I think it's a pretty lateral move. I'm not super worried about it. I think some people are going to be like, oh, it's time to sell on Trevor Bauer. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I really like this move for for Cincinnati, who who kind of thinks that they're close to competing and they just need this front line ace. Yeah, it's a big move for them for next year because now you have Bauer, Castillo, and Gray frontline mm-hmm. rotation, which is pretty darn impressive when you think about where the Reds were less than a year ago. So yep. lots to like there. And the last piece is a prospect. I know you know prospects a, a bit uh, with all your work over there, Friends of Fantasy Benefits and whatnot. Taylor Trammell, um, once highly heralded, people kind of been wishy-washy on him this year. Just another very talented youngster for San Diego um, do you have any thoughts on him? He's probably not coming up for a little while, maybe another year or so, but any thoughts on him? Yeah, he's an interesting piece. I thought there was a chance he could get flipped at the deadline, uh, that they, they had grabbed him to maybe somewhere, uh, to send him somewhere else for like a kind of a frontline ace. Uh, it ends up they, they just wanted him for him. I mean, he's a former top 10 prospect that's lost a lot of the sheen this year um, because he's really struggled with contact. Uh, but I mean, Chris Blessing pointed out, and, and very few people in, in our industry know much is, uh, about prospects as a guy like Chris Blessing, who's always on the road checking out these guys, uh, is that while Trammell has really struggled this year, uh, he the hustle has always been there. Like, he's trying. He's really going for it. Uh, he's got 80-grade speed, uh, no power, really, uh, in that bat, but he's got a decent hit tool. It just you know, taking a little bit to develop. I think he's going to learn how to pick up spin a little bit better. Uh, I think he's going to be a better fantasy guy maybe than he is a real life guy, but he's got, he's going to have the ability, I think, to steal 30 bases in the major leagues. And in this day and age, uh, that is a real asset. So uh, while I think some people are trying to sell Trammell right now, I think he's actually a decent buy low opportunity in dynasty leagues. Yeah, it'll be fun to see how that all works out. You got Machado at third, Tatis at short, throwing Shrammel out there, likely in the outfield. It could be a, a fun that, that San Diego team's gonna be scary for us, Justin. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, San Diego's gonna be scarier than the Dodgers are at some point. Yep, and we're gonna talk about another team that just got a whole lot scarier in our division because the Astros acquired Zach Granke at the buzzer. And first we'll talk about that, but the D backs I think actually they did something, but they, you poked it and it did something. Um, Zach Granke to the Astros gives them one of the best three-man rotations I think I've seen in a long time. There's really not a lot of fantasy analysis to do here, but do you have any quick takes on Zach Granke going to the Astros? Oh, man. You, you put probably one of the smartest pitchers in the game into one of the smartest organizations in the game. And that becomes very, very interesting. So, uh, I mean, I love Zach Granke as a pitcher. I know the skills have declined rapidly, uh, um, but the results haven't declined because he's been uh, just such a kind of smart and crafty pitcher. 
it it should be real interesting to see if he can uh you know maybe get a bump up with some of the tricks that the the Astros use so uh, I, I'm definitely very interested. I mean, this makes them the easy contender. Boston doesn't make any major moves. The Yankees don't make any major moves. Uh, the Twins don't make any major moves. But uh, Houston goes and does this. I can't imagine facing a scarier threesome in the playoffs than Verlander, Cole, and Granke. Yeah, it just they all go deep into games. They all have fil- filthy stuff. They're all hard competitors. They don't get worried about a big stage. Like, everything you want, they do. They remind me a lot of Glavin Smoltz and and uh, Maddox back in the day. Like, Granky could be your Maddox, just kind of quiet, but a crafty one. Uh, Smoltzy, I'm, I'm going to go with Verlander. There's these knucklehead. And then Glavin with Cole, and they just work together and become this just force. It's going to be scary what they do there. And I, I have them pretty, pretty favored to win the AL for sure. Hopefully take down the Dodgers in the World Series again. Um, but the return the D-backs got was really, really nice. Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukowskis, Seth Beer, and Joshua Rojas. Martin Bukowskis, Bukowskis and Beer are the third, fourth, and fifth-ranked prospects in the Astros system. So they got quite a haul in return here. I don't think we're going to see him. We might see Martin soon, but not a whole lot there. Any Any thoughts on that? Interesting trade for the Diamondbacks. I mean, I know – I'll be interested to see. I haven't seen the numbers necessarily in terms of what kind of money uh, they sent along to get this haul. Beer's a really good uh, hitter, but I worry about where he plays defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we have him over on Fangraphs as having 20-grade speed and 30-grade oh. fielding ability. Uh, this is a total, you know, Nick Castellanos, who we'll talk about in a little bit, Kyle Schwarber-type situation. Uh, you know, Jose Martinez, where uh, his position is hitter. It, it, there really isn't much else other than that. Uh, and I think he could really struggle until they add the DH in the NL. So, well, I think some people are looking at him as kind of uh, the centerpiece of this trade. I'm worried about him playing in Arizona. Uh, and I, I don't really understand grabbing a guy who can't play defensively Virtually at all. I mean, this is this is you know kind of Vogelbach ish uh, in a way. The bat is going to play. Uh, the question is, how bad can he be defensively before he loses time once he's at the major leagues? And this may work itself out if in the new CBA they add the DH to the NL. Uh, but I, until that happens, I'm really worried about his long term value. Yeah, and with Walker and Cron in the way. It's tough. Maybe they end up flipping him like the Padres did Fran Mill because there's nowhere to put him. But that could be interesting. The uh, Astros also made a couple other small moves. Again, probably not a, fan, a lot of fantasy relevance, but I'll mention them in case something happens. Is Aaron Sanchez and Joe Biagini come over from Toronto. Derek Fisher goes to Toronto in that deal. That might have some fantasy impact. Any uh, Anything on that little um, three-man deal from the Blue Jays and the Astros? Yeah, I really like it for both teams. Aaron Sanchez needed to get as far away from Toronto as possible. I think people forget Aaron Sanchez got uh, Clayton Kershaw comps coming out of the minor leagues. He was one of the top pitching prospects, if not the top pitching prospect in all of baseball at one point. Um, but I mean, that, that park really, really hurts him uh, it being so small and being on turf, getting to Houston uh, becomes a really interesting move for him because he gets to work with that amazing uh, development staff. Uh, 
I think he could become like a post type sleeper for me next year. So uh, hopefully he's uh, mediocre rest this way uh, this year, and I can get him for cheap next year because he's definitely a guy I will be investing in. Uh, Joe Biagini loses all his fantasy value. He had a real shot to maybe become the closer in uh, in Toronto if, if Giles and uh, and Hudson were moved, uh, but instead he gets moved. So uh, and then uh, wait, who did the the the, the Blue Jays Derek got? Fisher. Derek Fisher, which is a, a guy like free Derek Fisher. I mean, this was a guy who was a top prospect in all of baseball. Uh, I thought maybe he'd get moved to the Mets in a Wheeler deal, uh, but he just needed playing time. And uh, the the Blue Jays have not been very enthused by some of their outfield prospects in guys like Pompey and Alfred. Uh, a chance to maybe play every day. He's not an overwhelming prospect. But a guy who's got uh, some decent pop, some decent speed, uh, isn't a great defender, but who cares in Toronto? I mean, they've been running out of uh, poor defenders for a while. Uh, but a chance really at 25 to be a post-type sleeper is an interesting guy. Yeah, it could be fun. They, I remember a couple of years ago they sent Teoscar Hernandez there for Francisco Liriano. We've seen how that turned out. Uh, roster resource doesn't have Fisher on there yet, but – they could put Fisher in the outfield, move Lourdes Gurriel back to second base, and tell Freddie Galvez to go to the bench. And then they'd have a lineup, a very fun young lineup that could be interesting getting every day at bats in Toronto. I could be a, a big fan of that one. You mentioned Nick Castellanos. Let's talk about him. He finally got dealt. He went to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I, I get the move. It's an interesting move. He's projected to play right field. Again, a guy, like you mentioned with Seth Beer, not really meant to play the outfield. But he's a hitting machine. Maybe the change in uh, environment will help with the power a bit. They didn't give up a ton for him. What's your thoughts on Castellanos with the Cubs? As again, if you're in an NL only league, another one of the. I think the biggest takeaway from today is if you're in only leagues, you got a lot to play with. Yeah, it's it's going to be real interesting for me, like an NL tout, because um, I am I I really need offense, and not a ton of offense came over. It was really kind of just uh, Castellanos. Uh, so I, I, he will definitely be my main target uh, in fab bidding this weekend. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. And, I mean, if roster resource is right, they've got him projected to bat second in this lineup. That's huge. That would be amazing. Uh, batting in front of Chris Bryant, uh, Rizzo, and Baez. Like, I don't know how they're batting Baez fifth, but okay. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this should be – should it, it, offensively and fantasy-wise – uh, this should be a really nice kind of uh, bump up to his value, smaller park, better team around him. I worry about him defensively and him trying to play right field. Uh, Jason Hayward, you know, will probably now just be the center fielder and, and not be shifted too much. I mean, obviously, they don't care that much about outfield defense because they've had Kyle Schorber running around. But I don't know how much extra ground Hayward can cover with Schorber on left and Castellanos in right. It's got to be one of the worst defensive outfields from the corner spot uh, that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, that's the biggest concern. And with a guy like Joe Madden, he's not afraid to play that defensive game late in a game, no matter who you are. So that'll be the one thing to keep an eye on there. Because even Ben Zobrist is rehabbing. He can always play the outfield and, and switch in and do goofy things like that. But for now, yeah, if he's batting second, I'm with you. Roster Resource, that lineup is um, – an interesting lineup, to say the least. But if he's bad in second, it would be outstanding. Uh, let's go to the Atlanta Braves. They, they had back-end bullpen issues, 
and they made a handful of moves. Last night, they on Tuesday night, they acquired Chris Martin from the Rangers, a guy that was closing from time to time in Texas. They went out and got Mark Melanson from the Giants, and thank you, Braves, for being foolish enough to pay it all yourself. I appreciate it. And then um, they went and got Shane Green from the Tigers, a guy that, for me, it seemed like smoke and mirrors for the most part this year, but he's dominating of like a almost one ERA and getting save after save. So now you have Green, you have Martin, you have Melanson in the back end of that bullpen. I'm assuming Green gets the, the start there, but do you have any any thoughts? Maybe grabbing Martin as a speculative or anything like that? Well, you and I both are huge Giants fans, so let me start by this. I haven't seen did, – did they take on that whole contract of Melanson? Yes, yes, they took on everything, and they gave us two prospects back – or not two oh minor God. leaguers back. Yeah, it was amazing. Zahidi. That's amazing. Bill okay, Zahidi so sorry, sorry, after guys. today. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know the lack of Giants fans listening to the podcast are, are uh, I don't want to hear about that first and foremost. Um, so, I mean, the Martin trade I thought was like, oh, nice. Martin's probably kind of a, a dark horse for saves in that bullpen. Uh, they go and get Shane Green, obviously, who becomes kind of their lockdown closer. Uh, I mean, doesn't look like they had to give very much, so it's it's kind of a nice little buy for them to kind of reinvigorate that bullpen. I still think their bullpen has problems. Uh, it, it feels deeper, but not that much better. I don't know if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think it still feels like there isn't that kind of uh, dominating force in the bullpen that other teams have. Uh, but, but it's a team that is, is ready to compete now. It should be uh, kind of an interesting uh, move for them rest of the way. I think uh, Martin will probably sneak some saves, but mostly it's going to be Shane Green. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, a couple quick hitters, not real fantasy viable. Maybe not. But um, I don't know how much you saw, but the Giants, this is Zahidi, traded Pomeranz and Black to the Brewers for Mauricio Dubon. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love that deal for us. That's, That's uh, outstanding. And he uh, might come I- up later this year. Yeah, I I mean I think he is the probably the Joe Panic replacement. Well, no, uh, the Joe Panic replacement's point. coming up. The Joe Panic's coming up. This it's the next thing we're talking about. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Scooter Jeanette is the is the short term replacement, but the long term oh, you're guy long term is got to be Dubon. So yeah, uh, I love. I mean, whatever about the Scooter Jeanette trade. That's you know, I'm. I love Scooter and stuff like that, but for me as a as a as a Giants fan and a, and a dynasty owner, it Dubon's the interesting, yep. the really the interesting piece here. So uh, I'm uh, I'm super excited about that. Uh, you know, especially only having giving up Drew Pomeranz and and Ray Black. Uh, I know a lot of people have been like, oh, Black is the uh, you know the future closer of the Giants. There's no such thing as closing prospects. Like yeah. people just need to stop with this. I mean, how long have we been waiting on uh, freaking uh, Joe Jimenez to take <laughs> over? You know, yep. he he might be taking over now. I don't know if that's a good thing. He's been awful. <laughs> so uh, I, I you know I think to get a poll like this on a, a prospect that has already had a little bit of major league seasoning already uh, is pretty awesome for the Giants. Uh, hurts him from a fantasy perspective, obviously being in that Giants lineup eventually, um, and uh, in that park. But I like what the Giants are doing, and you know, hopefully they can start building an offense for the future. Yeah, we don't we don't need to talk on Jeanette, but they picked him up, and in the the post draft recap interview with Sahidi, he said it's going to come down to Solano or Panic, maybe going to Triple A. So 
they're going to give Jeanette a lot of playing time, it looks like. So that'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he should hit every day. Probably going to hit fourth. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a huge hurt. It hurts a ton of his, you know, power potential. Not that he's been hitting for much power since coming back from the injury. Uh, this is the Giants' big move. I, get, I yeah. don't love it at all. No. So uh, I love if you go to the roster resource page because the Giants traded away um, – so many of their bullpen pieces, according to roster resources, they've got four starters and five bullpen arms. Right? Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I know they, they have been able to update. Yeah, I know. I don't know who they brought with them, but I saw reports that two or three guys are flying out of Sacramento on the taxi club just in case trades happen today to wait in Philadelphia. So there will be additions to the team uh, already by now. So we'll see how that goes. But you, you mentioned it with Joe Jimenez with Detroit. We kind of glossed over it with the Shane Green trade. They do have Buck Farmer, who's actually been okay. And then they picked up Trevor Rosenthal, who's not great by any means, but he's throwing gas still. If you had to go out there, because some of these guys might be – him and his probably not available, would you put any flyers out in a guy like Farmer or Rosenthal if you're really hurting for saves? Mm, yeah. I think I would probably oh, – God, that's such an ugly situation. I mean, <laughs> they don't even win games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got to win games to get saves. I mean, but they didn't trade Matthew Boyd, which was a little uh, yeah, interesting. Um, I think Jimenez is kind of obviously the first man up, but Rosenthal is the guy that's done it before, quote you know, quote unquote, uh, and you know he's the experienced closer. So if Jimenez falters, which I think we all kind of expect him to at some point, I think Rosenthal probably gets that first shot. Uh, in spite of the fact that he hasn't been very good as of late. Uh, Buck Farmer is interesting because he's kind of next man up in that bullpen right now uh, as as kind of the main setup guy. But I I think I would probably invest more in Rosenthal than Farmer. Okay, good to hear. Uh, The Nats made quite a few moves. Doolittle is going to be just fine in the back of the bullpen. But they picked up Daniel Hudson, Ronis Elias, and Hunter Strickland, all guys that have saves on the season in this wild and wacky year. Um, do you have any any inkling to go grab one of them? Because Doolittle's not losing his job once he gets hurt. No, yeah, I don't, I don't think Doolittle's losing that job. I mean, Strickland is probably first man up for saves in Washington. I just, for me, get the popcorn ready for when Philadelphia comes to town. <laughs> I can't yeah, Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- these are two guys that obviously do not like each other. Uh, nothing would be more amazing. And I, I mean, I haven't seen yet. Um, I don't think they've even announced what number Hunter Strickland is getting, but how amazing would it be if he took Bryce Harper's number? Um, 34. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that would be awesome. Just, just to troll him. I, I don't even know if they'll let him do that, but if, if I, if, if I'm Hunter Strickland, that's what I'm doing. Uh, but I mean, Doolittle's been great this year and he's been healthy for the first time in a long time. So, and of course that can change on a dime, but, uh, my guess is Strickland would be the first man up, uh, and it it would probably be some sort of committee, anyways. Maybe Strickland and Elias uh, kind of uh, hold the duties together, but Strickland gets probably seventy five percent. I'm probably not going to invest in this. I'm just going to hope that uh, Doolittle stays healthy. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. The Oakland A's they went and got Tanner Rourke. Rourke, we we've known in the past with him, he can be serviceable. And pitching in Oakland might be really good for Tanner Rourke. He will have his hiccups, but for the most part, he's one of those streamer-type eligible guys that, again, in Oakland does help. 
Uh, what are you looking at with a guy like Tanner Rourke now pitching for the A's? Oh, man, this is uh, an interesting move for them. I really thought they would be a little bit more aggressive than they were uh, at the deadline. Uh, Tanner Roark is a guy they, you know, they pick up for cheap uh, and, you know, didn't isn't going to cost them very much, kind of staying in that traditional A's vein. I like the move from Great America Ballpark to the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, that should really help kind of tamper down maybe a few of the home runs. Uh, not that he's been awful in that department this year. Uh, and nobody's seen him in the American League. So this is a guy that's, you know, spent his, you know, his entire major league career in Cincinnati and Washington. So uh, maybe it's a little bit of time before guys have kind of get a read on him and he can kind of finish the uh, out the year hot. I think this is an underrated buy in AL only leagues. While people are going to be throwing all their money at Bauer and Puig, he, he's a guy that could uh, kind of post some meaningful innings down the stretch. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring him up to you because I think people that see Tanner Rourke and they laugh, I think this is like sneaky, like the Mike Fires type moves and some of those. Mm-hmm. I think he'll do better than people think in this ballpark. Look at Homer Bailey. His two starts in Oakland have been pretty darn good. So Yeah, Oakland's all... a great place to pitch. There's yeah, so much crazy. room in the foul territory. It it's really huge. helps guys out. So I think Rourke is kind of a sneaky ad uh, in, in some formats. Yep, totally agree with you there. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays made a lot of splashes today. Uh, they did it in Rays fashion, not the big, big splashes, but enough to kind of keep building depth. They added Nick Anderson and Trevor Richards from the Miami Marlins at the last minute. Trevor Richards, he could be serviceable at times. I get that. But I want to ask you about Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson's been pretty good in the back end of that Marlins bullpen. And we all thought, I know I got him in a couple leagues, thinking, okay, he's going to be the new closer with Sergio Romo out of town. Well, that didn't last long. But, you know, Emilio Pagan, Diego Castillo, all the issues in the back of that Tampa Bay bullpen, do you think it's worth taking a shot on Anderson? Because there's so much movement back there. I think it is. I mean, he's a guy that kind of profiles as your traditional closer. Uh, I mean, he's just he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, he's, you know, been really, really good, quietly really good in Miami this year. Probably just doesn't get the publicity he deserves because uh, because he's pitching in Miami. Uh, you know, doesn't give up, you know, a ton of home runs or anything. The ERA is 392, but the FIP is 272. Uh, 14 strikeouts per nine this year. I, I really like him as kind of a, a, a sneaky option for saves in a situation that's just been insanely volatile, uh, especially in the last month or so. I mean, Tampa Bay has had real trouble figuring out what to do in the ninth inning. And uh, this is a team that wants to compete. Um, They're cheap. That's why they only made the moves that they did. I mean, literally would not pay a playing ticket for a reliever and a starter. So uh, so that's why they went to Miami, so they could just pay for the bus ride. Um, so, uh, it's just, uh, it's such a weird organization, man. They've got a real shot in second place in that division right now, uh, to make the playoffs and, uh, uh, and really challenge for a world series. And these are the moves that they have made and they further complicate the infield situation. I just, I just don't understand what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's confusing. Like I like the Nick Anderson part, like you just said, for closing, Trevor Richards, there's going to be times when he's serviceable, um, and that'll be kind of documented throughout the rest of the season. But, you know, the Eric Sogard move, I didn't get besides maybe Brandon Lau's really pretty, pretty banged up. 
But then they go and get Jesus Aguilar today. And I almost wanted to just break my steering wheel off because <laughs> I want Nate Lowe to play. They keep playing G-Man Choi, but at least it's a DH. And now they're bringing in another platoon at first base. I don't know what's going on. At this point in time, Justin, if you are a Nate Lowe owner, I guess you got to just hang on and wait. But if you start seeing a platoon here, do you? what do you do with him? I You drop him because... It's I think Aguilar crazy. is going to play against lefties, and yep. uh, they not only did they add Aguilar, but they recently added Sogard too. I mean, you know, at some point Lau is going to come back and, and further complicate things. This is just a nightmare in the infield. I don't understand what they're doing. I really just don't get it. Yeah, um, it makes no it, sense. It makes, uh, it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, this is a team I really like. I think it's got some really, really uh, intriguing and uh, in great pieces, and then they go and do this. So uh, obviously, uh, Lowe is going to platoon now. Apparently, I don't understand it. I mean, right now, Ross Resources has him with six bench bats, and that <laughs> doesn't even include some guys who are on the IL in uh, Yandy Diaz and Brendan Lau and Joey Wendell. Um, you know, this is going to become an even bigger clusterfuck at some point. Uh, and uh, uh, I I hate it for just about anybody who's involved in, in kind of these uh, these platooning issues. Yeah, it's very very tilting. I think the only, one of the only guys there, there's probably many that are more frustrated being a Nate low owner than me. But Matt Thompson probably is just over the moon with what took place today. <laughs> I can only imagine between the Cardinals not doing anything and then and then uh, the Nate Low Jesus Aguilar platoon, he must be loving life right now. So, uh, good stuff there. <laughs> Let's go to the Philadelphia Phillies. See Dick. He's got another new squad. This guy just keeps hitting, uh, but he, he's on a new team. They already have Adam Hazley's been playing really well uh, in his short time. You got Harper, obviously. Uh, Kingery can play the outfield. You got Nick Williams, Roman Quinn. Um, Jay Bruce coming off the IL soon. What is going to happen with See Dick? Because in the industry, it looked like half the people absolutely love this move. And then half were like, well, when's he going to play? So what's your take on, on C. Dick with the Phillies? I think he'll be strong side platoon uh, in uh, in left field. And I think this is a really nice move for his uh, fantasy value. Now, he's going to bat lower in the lineup uh, probably than he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, that's a really nice park factor shift. He's going from a uh, pitcher's park in Philadelphia uh, to a hitter's park in uh, in or sorry, a, a pitcher's park in Pittsburgh to a hitter's park in Philadelphia. Uh, and again, the Philadelphia Phillies going after that Rays model, not willing to pay for the plane ticket. So they're just going to play for the <laughs> bus ticket across state. This is uh, an interesting strategy. Teams are saving money just in the, in the strangest ways. Saving prospects and saving money. Just a bunch of yeah. frugal, frugal guys. Like Jerry Jones is out there. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> let's talk D-backs. We already mentioned they, they dealt Grant. He got a slew of prospects back. And they made one of the more interesting trades, or maybe it's the interesting from the Marlins side. The D-backs sent their top shortstop prospect, Jazz Chisholm, to the Marlins for one of their top young pitchers, and Zach Gallon, who's been outstanding in his short time up in the bigs. He'll slot right into that Arizona rotation. To me, it's kind of a lateral move for Gallon, but do you have any takes on Gallon and Chisholm and this, this weird kind of prospect-for-prospect prospect switch? Yeah, um, I'm uh, definitely very intrigued. They don't sell Robbie Ray at the deadline, uh, which 
is uh, weird to me. They add Zach Gallen uh, to kind of uh, bolster um, and kind of make up for the loss of Zach Granke. Uh, it's almost like they're like, they're, they kind of did what the Giants did, right? Where yeah. they didn't really make any major moves to compete, but they still sold some pieces. Like, I don't understand exactly what they're doing. Um, I really like Zach Gallen, and I think I don't think this is a lateral move. I think this is a nice bump to his value. One, he's going to have a better team behind him, give him better chances for wins. Plus, he's going to get the benefit of the humidor in, in Chase Field. So uh, we've seen guys like Robbie Ray really benefit from that humidor. And so I assume that uh, maybe there'll be a little bit of an adjustment period, but Zach Gallen uh, will actually get a little bump and maybe even be a little bit better. Uh, in Arizona than he was in Miami, which is a scary thought because he's been fantastic uh, quietly in Miami. So I really like the move for them. Jazz Chisholm is a guy that I really like a lot uh, as a prospect. Uh, And Miami just desperately needs hitting prospects. They've done really well in some of these trades uh, for pitching prospects. Sixto Sanchez looks good. I mean, Zach Gallen is another example. but they have really had a hard time hitting on these hitting prospects. So I think that's what this trade was mainly about for them. Uh, just trying to kind of bolster that minor league uh, offensive potential. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I love, love what Gallon's doing. So I, I like the fact it could help quite a bit. You mentioned the humidor and really helping pitching. Well, a guy that loves giving up home runs, Mike Leak is coming to the desert. <laughs> we mentioned Tanner Rourke going to Oakland being a very nice shift for him being streamable. Even where Leak's been this year, he's had his blowups, but that's also pretty good starts. Now going and pitching in Arizona with the humidor. Any thoughts on Mike Leak the rest of the way? Oh, I mean, I guess this is your consolation prize in NL only if you're like fifth in money. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, the humidor maybe helps him out a bit in terms of giving up those home runs, which is his biggest kind of bugaboo. Uh, but like, what's the upside? Like I, this was one I don't really get. I haven't seen the money um, on this one either, but I assume Seattle paid off some of that contract to get, I mean, he, he's uh, if free, he's going to be a free agent in 2021. Um, but I mean, he was still getting paid like $16 million a year uh, for next year. So I, I don't, this is the one I don't get. Like if you're going to make a move on Granky, um, and then you go get Zach Gallen, like that should be the end of it. Um, or maybe try to get younger. Like I don't, I don't understand bringing in a um, a less than mediocre thirty-one-year-old pitcher who's going to, you know, you're going to have to pay sixteen billion dollars to next year. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, what I was reading is D backs are taking on about six million dollars of the deal. So oh, I that's they, not bad at all. Yeah, they got them dirt cheap. So you know, maybe if they're not competing next year, or they got them cheap, they can flip them next year. That's my only yeah, guess, but and he's an he's an innings eater, so yes, you know he exactly. may not he may not be great when he pitches, but he's thrown at least 175 uh, innings in each season since 2012. So yeah. I mean, he can eat up a chunk of a chunk of the workload, maybe. Yeah, and that's that's pretty valuable. I mentioned that to about some other guys in recent weeks. Is people take that for granted, but some of these guys just eat up innings. It goes like long run. Bartolo Colon made a career out of that for quite some time. So mm-hmm. uh, Mike, Mike Lee can too. That'll about wrap us up for the trade deadline, the uh, kind of relevant topics for what was relevant. The big names, not a lot of them went that we thought would go. A lot of teams sat on their hands and played footsies with everybody else. 
But uh, it was interesting, to say the least. Let's talk about a couple pieces of recent news. Ramon Laureano, who's just been crushing it for the A's, burst onto the scene this year. Everyone's been loving it. He's injured with a stress reaction in his shin. It does not sound good. um, They already said for sure he's missing more than 10 days. I'm hearing at least four weeks or more. What's your thoughts on Laureano the rest rest of the way now? So this is pretty much shin splits, which – uh, is one of those injuries that doesn't necessarily go away very quickly. It can take a while, um, but there's also no telling just from what they've kind of said uh, how severe. I mean, I've, I've heard of people with like like su- super severe shin splints can like really just uh, kind of derail someone's career. Um, and then obviously some people just deal with shin splints all the time and athletes play through it and things like that. So uh, we know he's not going to be back in 10 days. We don't know much more than that. Uh, this is kind of a bummer because uh, he was quietly having a fantastic season in Oakland. I mean, 21 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 284 uh, batting average. I mean, that's a really great line, especially in uh, today's uh, MLB where guys aren't stealing bases at the rate that they are. So, um uh, this is a huge loss in fantasy, a huge loss for me, uh, particularly. I, I've got a number of shares of Oriano. Is he on your main event team by chance? He is not. No. Okay, just checking. My main event team has been long buried at this point. Yeah, I was just checking, but with uh, Laureano, <laughs> with with Laureano, uh going on the IL, we see Nick Martini's batting second tonight. Remember, he had a little run last year. They moved Mark Connor to center field. Uh, Mark Connor's actually been sneaky good of late. Mm-hmm. Do you have any interest in picking up a guy like Mark Connor? I mean, in, in your deeper formats, I guess he could be somewhat interesting. Uh, for me, I'm hoping that maybe they give Franklin Barreto some time in the outfield. Uh, and that, you know, and he starts getting some more playing time uh, because of this. But, uh, I mean, from, from an A's perspective, I don't know that there's a really interesting pickup here outside of AL only links. All right, let's go to the New York Yankees. Luke Voigt couldn't get loose yesterday. Turns out he has a sports hernia and will likely need surgery. And if they do cut him open, there's a good chance he's out for the rest of the season, Justin. Um, I'm assuming, obviously, if they have surgery, you're dropping him. But otherwise, what are your thoughts on Luke Voigt? This is a super big bummer and uh, very surprising they didn't make a move. Like Justin yeah. Smoke was kind of being dangled, dangled out there. Uh, you know, the Rays picked up Jesus Aguilar. Like, they could have made a move to kind of have some insurance for him. Uh, and so it, it is uh, very surprising that they didn't do that. I guess they figured they'd just uh, move E5 over, you know, from DH to first. And uh, and then they've got the DH spot for their uh, other hitters. Or maybe LeMayu plays more first. It's just, yeah, I, I'm surprised that they didn't make a move. I think. Uh, I mean, sports hernias usually result in surgery. And so, and like you said, if he gets one, he's probably out for the years. So I think in most formats, you want to just hold just to wait for the actual news. But if you're in a rods or crunch situation, I don't have a problem dropping for it. Yeah, that's kind of the sad truth of the situation. Uh, we don't have to talk about it. Ryan Presley to the IL kind of made more reasons why the Astros went and got Biagini and Aaron Sanchez. But I want to talk to you about the Phillies real quick. Uh, Zach Eflin has been horrific. He's moved to the bullpen, but he's opened up a spot for Drew Smiley. 
And, and <laughs> Drew Smiley has made two starts now for the Phillies with his new pitch mix and everything. And I watched last night's firsthand. You probably watched some too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gone 13 innings. He's given up a total of one run and struck out 13. I saw a stat today on his two starts alone with the Phillies. He has 0.6 war on the entire season. Jake Arrieta has 0.8. Oh, wow. So, that's crazy. Yeah. That tweet made me laugh my rear end off, but um, what's your thoughts on this Drew Smiley? Cause like I grabbed them for a two star this week for a buck in TGFBI, but it's one of those I was willing to throw them back next week, but I'm starting to watch this going, okay, at this point in the year, this might be serviceable. It, it, or it's too soon. I don't know. But what's your thoughts? I mean, I'm sure it's going to come all crashing down at some point. Uh, Naturally. Yeah, this isn't going to sustain itself. That being said, he has been very impressive in both of these first two starts. Uh, and everything, everything seems to be working well for him uh, in Philadelphia. Like I said, this is going to fall apart in probably quickly. So I'm not investing outside of like NL only. Uh, but if he's got some nice starts, I think he's a, he enters the streaming conversation. Just not a guy that I'm pinning any hopes or dreams to. Yeah, I'm with you there. It worked for this week, or at least for one star. We'll see how it keeps going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, obviously we mentioned Trevor Bauer got dealt. Uh, Carrasco out for the year, sadly. Kluber may be back soon, which would be a big boost for them since now they actually kind of have an offense but Danny Salazar, a guy that many of us have wanted to be great for a long time, continually gets hurt. He's coming back Thursday in a modified roller and go about 70 pitches. Eventually, I believe they want to stretch him out to be a starter the rest of the way. Speak to me. What are your thoughts on Danny Salazar? I'm back in, baby. <laughs> is, I'm going to get burnt so hard on this one. Uh, and so I understand a lot of people are being like, nope, not falling for this again. But... I totally am. He's been fantastic in his rehab starts. Yes, he has. Uh, you know, he, he's done it three different levels, 17 innings, uh, 17.1 innings pitch, 28 strikeouts, uh, and only five walks uh, so far through his rehab. Uh, I think this is maybe one of the reasons why they were okay with moving uh, Bauer, because they've got Clevenger. They have, uh, they have Corey Kluber working his way back. Um, they've got Bieber, like they, they, their depth in, in, in this rotation has been ridiculous. I mean, to, to trade away Trevor Bauer and lose Carlos Carrasco, uh, to, you know, a cancer diagnosis and still have pieces to be able to add into is just, it's just amazing. Um, I think Salazar is obviously ceiling is through the roof. Um, and the floor is about as low as you can go. Uh, but I love taking shots like that because there's no price attached. Yep, that's that's the beauty of it. There's no price attached. The ceiling is huge. The the floor might be bad. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But at this point in the year, we just talked about Drew freaking Smiley. So yeah, exactly. It, like, let's be real about it. We know Salazar's ceiling is so much higher than Drew Smiley. And he also gets to pitch in the AL Central where he gets to go face the Tigers and the Royals and the White Sox. He gets strikeouts out the rear end when he faces these teams. So uh, there, there's a lot to like if it all comes to fruition. The Toronto Blue Jays, they we already mentioned how they dealt uh, Hudson. They dealt Biagini. Those were two potential safe candidates. Ken Giles has got a cortisone shot. He's going to be out at least a week or so. Today, Justin Schaefer. Justin Schaefer, not the guy from um, the, the dealership on um, you know eastbound and down. Justin Schaefer <laughs> got the save um, for the Blue Jays. 
is this just a like you got to imagine Ken Giles is going to get the job back, but he's been hurt a lot. Do we run and try to get Justin Schaefer this Sunday? No, no, we don't. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I'm uh, a bit uh, biased, but I think uh, Derek Law is probably next man up if something happens to Giles. Uh, what could have been? Yeah, right. Plus, I mean, he, he has the, you know, you fought the law and the law won kind of music <laughs> that they can play when he's entering the game. Um, so, I mean, who doesn't want that? Um, Sam Gavigulo is uh, another interesting guy that I think could probably work his way into saves uh, at some point. Um, you don't want any part of this bullpen. It's just, just you stay away from it. It's, it, I mean, Giles has been a fairly safe uh, when healthy, but other than that, like I, I'm not, I'm not looking into this bullpen for for a piece to kind of uh, go after right now. Yeah, I was all about it if it was like Hudson or whatever. I could have played that game. But now when you look at the names on the list, it's it's not pleasant by any means. So mm-hmm. uh, just enjoy the bats, the shets up, all the youngsters. Have fun with that. But uh, leave the closing to somebody else of the grown men and let them figure <laughs> that out. Uh, while for I got sure. here, I'll, I'll ask you uh, for the Minnesota Twins. They did get Sam Dyson from the Giants today. They picked up Sergio Romo, who's been very, very good again this year. He just keeps getting it done. He's almost he's 36 and a half. And then they got Taylor Rogers, who's been great, but he's kind of been in one of those hybrid hole like um, you know, roles that like holder and a hater in them, where he goes long outings and gets a couple days off. If you had to pinpoint it, would you go after a guy like Romo or even Dyson to possibly get some saves? Because the twins will get saves, unlike some of these other teams we talked about. So would you look at one of those guys or is it Taylor Rogers? I think it's Taylor Rogers. I, I think Romo's going to get some save opportunities, kind of situationally. But Rogers has been really, really good. Um, and I just think that uh, a Baldelli is going to kind of mix and match, and it's going to be frustrating. But Rogers probably going to get like sixty-five to seventy percent of the save opportunities moving forward. Uh, it was real interesting. I thought they were going to make another big move, like maybe go and get. Uh, another major piece for the rotation, especially a lefty, uh, you know, with kind of how Mar- uh, Martin Perez has fallen off a little bit uh, recently. So uh, I'm surprised they didn't do more at the deadline to kind of address the rotation or really go get a standout piece in, in, in the bullpen. But uh, I think Rogers has been good enough, and I think they're going to kind of lean on him rest of the way in terms of their save opportunities. Yeah, no, he's been outstanding. So guess we'll see how that goes. But that'll wrap us up, Justin. The trade deadline's in the books now because we only have one. Um, the, the injuries were kind of quiet for a few days, which is nice. But uh, before we leave, why don't you let everybody know what you got going on because you are a busy man, not just the creator of TGFBI, but so much more you got going on over there. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy kind of or time of year with football kind of getting going and baseball still going. Uh, I write – you know, three to five days a week over at fan graphs. Uh, you can get, uh, catch more of my written work on friendsandfantasybenefits.com. I'm on the Sleeper in the Bus podcast uh, with Paul Spore. Friends and Fantasy Benefits for baseball and football. Uh, the TGFBI podcast. Uh, yeah, and I think that's it right now. I've kind of t- given away some of my uh, responsibilities and jobs around the industry just to get a little bit more sleep and uh, kind of uh, be around my baby daughter uh, who uh, has been a lot of fun but doesn't allow me to sleep as much as maybe 
uh, I would like to. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of taking this football season off outside of the, the Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast. No, no, no writing this, uh, this fall, uh, which is, which would be kind of nice, but uh, planning on kind of jumping it back up in full gear again for baseball uh, as that gets going in, uh, in December and January. Yeah, I think you made the right trade off. Uh, your your young daughter is a, is a cute little thing, so I think I think I think you made the right call there. Um, and take a little breather. I think you've worked hard enough for quite a while now. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you spread myself a little thin. You feels like you're taking up, all, you know, kind of picking up my slack, and I appreciate that. Oh, I, I, no, no problem, no problem at all. I'm glad I could help. But uh, yeah, there's a few of us minions that are taking care of it for you. But um, no problem with that. Uh, too bad I won't get to see you in a few weeks, like usual. But we'll we'll draft online for Barf. And yeah, well, we got to get trend. together. Like we got to yes. figure out a time to uh, you know maybe uh, hit a you know the Giants uh, September games will probably be pretty cheap. Maybe we need to meet up in in San Francisco uh, for a was, Giants game at some point. Get uh, you, me, Sammy, and Toby all together. I was thinking that, or we could get a little Barf at the San Jose Giants and watch Bart Ramos and company. Oh, I'd be down for that too. That that I would be that a lot would be fun. a lot of fun. So, so we'll yeah, have, we, we'll we have are to gonna fi- get that. Yeah, get that. For sure, we'll have to figure all that out. But as always, it's a pleasure, Justin. Thanks for joining me tonight, and we will do it again sometime. Definitely, man. All right, everybody. This was Bench with Bubba, episode one ninety five, recapping the MLB trade deadline with our good buddy Justin Mason. Catch y'all later.